Hello, everyone. This is Kelly talking from the future. I just wanted to let everyone know that something happened to Shara's mic while we were recording. So this episode, she's going to dip out a lot and her volume is going to be kind of weird. We apologize if it's hard to listen to, but I hope you still like the episode. Thanks. Welcome, listeners, to Season 3, Episode 16 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Kelly. And this week, we watched a movie that managed to be released this year, even with the world ending, the Netflix original film, Hashtag Alive. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be uplifting when you're stuck in quarantine. This episode will contain discussion on suicide and sexual assault. These are things that you don't need to hear today. Feel free to skip this episode. So I made the drink for this episode. Yes, and it is, I want to preface this by saying, massive! It's huge! It's huge. Um, I call this drink the quarantine smoothie. Okay. Uh, We've never had a blender before. Yep. Because we're trash. And uh, (laughs) this is the first time that we've had access to a blender, so I decided to use it for this drink. And the whole vibe I'm going for is less about the movie, but also kind of like forced by that the movie. But it's for all of you still in quarantine who are having a rough time. Uh, Some big political thing happened recently that might have stressed you out. So this drink is supposed to be like comfort food drink, basically. It's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's incredibly boozy, uh, very fruity and mixed. And you can barely t- you taste the flavor, like the good side flavor of the liquor that's included. But you don't taste like, wow, this is too strong. Like, this is dangerous. Holy fuck. Yeah, because I put a lot in there. <laughs> Um, So I won't say all of the ingredients, but for those of y'all who go on the Patreon and become patrons, you can see all of the ingredients. But specifically, I didn't put like ounces or like amounts that you put in because it's supposed to be your version of this. You put in like if you need more of the alcohol, you put more of the alcohol. If you need more of the fruit, you put more fruit. You could also put zero of any of that and just drink one of the elements alone. Yeah, but this is like a frozen berry smoothie. Wow. Oh, my lips keep freezing to the um, metal straw. Yeah. (laughs) We do have a sponsored ingredient. We do. It's uh, Mad Labs Viking Vodka, which my mom took a sip of this and that was the only thing she could taste. So, (laughs) I mean, that's good. It's a flavorful vodka. So it worked out. Mm hmm. But yeah, oh, I put a man. I put metal straws in this, which probably wasn't a good idea because every time I go to drink it, my lips stick. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. Yeah, this is one of my favorite drinks you've ever made. Wow. Yeah. And I put it in a beer pint and each of us have a full beer pint. So there's going to be a lot. We're going to get wacky by the end of this podcast. Woohoo! So this week we watched Hashtag Alive, which I have a bit more than just the basic info I normally give. So this film was released in South Korea on June 24th, 2020. In August 2020, Netflix acquired the international distribution rights to the film, which was later released worldwide on September 8th, 2020, which is when we watched it. It's not really a Netflix original then, is it? Well, it's kind of like how Host is a Shudder original, but it wasn't like Shudder picked it up and produced it 
after it was already made. But this one was released already, and then Netflix acquired it. Oh, yeah. I have scaredy facts about okay, this. Okay, sounds good. And I don't have too many scaredy facts because it's so new, so I gotta hold on to it. It's directed by Il Hyung Cho, also known as Il Cho, written by Il Hyung Cho and Matt Naylor. It stars Ah In Yu as gamer-turned-survivor Oh Jun Woo, Shin Hee Park as ex-climber-turned-survivor Kim Yu Bin, and Bae Su John as the nameless masked sur- man-survivor. This synopsis was written by Anonymous on IMDb. The rapid spread of an unknown infection has left an entire city in ungovernable chaos, but one survivor remains alive in isolation. It is his story. That's all it says. So really, I'm doing the whole synopsis, which is basically Junwoo is stuck at home in his apartment with absolute chaos right outside his door. After over a week of surviving alone without water and very minimal food because of a zombie outbreak, he eventually resorts to drinking his father's liquor stash. That would have been the first thing I do. (laughs) (laughs) After hearing a voicemail of his entire family being infected by the virus and basically eaten alive, he loses hope and decides to commit suicide. Luckily, Yu Bin is in the apartment building across the parking lot and uses a laser pointer to communicate with Jun Wu that he is not alone. The two set up a system to meet at 7 a.m. every day, exchanging supplies and food with a drone and a pulley system. Yu Bin is a total badass. I just wanted to add that in. Eventually, when the horde of zombies gets too big, they decide to meet up and head to the eighth floor of Jun Woo's apartment, which they thought was empty. When they get surprised by more infected on the eighth floor, another survivor lets them into his apartment. But he drugs them because he wants to feed them to his infected wife. The pair escapes and kills the man and his wife before running to the roof to escape via helicopter as the infected rush them. The army uses social media and the hashtag alive to track survivors and their locations, leaving us with a hopeful ending. That was good. Just like this drink. I feel bad because I can't with a synopsis. I have to be quick. So I can't really tell you how cool you been is, but it's one of my (laughs) points. So don't worry. I mean, this is one of the ones that people should watch. So if you want to uh, maybe give me that trailer audio. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. I would love to. That was basically what you would see if you hovered over this while watching Netflix, right? I guess. It seemed a bit longer than what Netflix usually lets you watch. That's true. It was like four minutes long, but it is exactly what we talk about when we want a trailer, which is like exactly one good scene just to get you like excited about watching the rest of the movie. It totally hooks you in. I would. I mean, I want to watch it again and I've already seen it twice now. (laughs) I mean, it's literally the first like four minutes of the movie. And it's like the most action packed thing that they could have showed you without like showing you too much of the story, which is exactly my first point, Ooh, which is that this movie starts and I wrote that in all caps starts stars (laughs) because I think there's basically like maybe two minutes before the apocalypse hits of him like waking up in bed and we see his like computer set up. And then 
it hits. Yeah, it goes like, real hard, real fast. Zero to 100. And I thought that it was a pretty interesting, not concept, but spin on the zombie horror. Because he had like no time to prepare at all. Yeah. And neither do we. Like we're like thrown into it. Whereas usually films will either like start with it sh- slowly building up and getting worse and people planning, or it'll start with it starting and then we'll jump back to, like, like the I Am Legend a route. month later or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, usually I think of like the dad waking up and like reading the newspaper and it's like pandemic bound to happen. He's like, right, whatever. in the streets. And he like talks to his shit kids and he gets in his car and he drives <laughs> to work and it's like, hey, Harold, do you hear about that disease happening? And then, Whoa. but yeah, we like get basically all we need of this character before immediately jumping into like, oh shit, there are zombies now. Yeah. And he's all alone and he's like been all alone. For a while. Yeah, it seems like his parents let him, give him his space. He apparently makes a lot of money or his parents are rich because his setup is insane. Oh, like his well, he room, lives at home. Yeah, but his room is like entirely dedicated to his streaming career. Yeah. So either I mean, his he's car- a professional. Yeah, exactly. But man, streaming with your parents in, in the next room would suck. Maybe they're very busy and, and successful, so they're never home. That's true. That's probably right. He also has a sister. From the Mm -hmm. picture that we see. So what's she doing? I don't know. (laughs) Are you enjoying the milkshake? Yes. I had to eat it with a spoon because the fruit is sticking in my straw and I can't drink it. Well, I'm almost done mine. I drank it really, really fast because it was really good. It is so good. Jumping towards the end of the film. My next point is about the specific moment where after Yubin and Junwoo have like met, they've gotten together, not together, together, which I also think is cool. Like he says a few comments of like, wow, she's so awesome. Mm -hmm. But we don't get this like typical love story. That's one man and one woman. So they're going to. Yeah, it's more like a camaraderie. Like there's a bit of like longing looks and they'll say something and they're like, oh, they're pretty cool. And then at the end, it's like they have that moment of reprieve where it's like they could get together if they wanted. But yeah, it's never like extremely explicit. It's not heavy handed. Also, they have nothing in common. So like other than this one traumatic event that happened, I imagine if they settled down, like their life wouldn't be they wouldn't meld very well. I mean, their whole lives are going to be this pandemic now. So yeah, I'm sure it'll it'll, (laughs) by the time the sun comes up, it starts getting warm. It'll be gone by like fucking June or something. That's what they say. Yeah. But so after that happens, my actual point is that the moment that they get invited into this extra survivor's home, the whole tone shifts. Oh, yeah. There's a new person in the story and it's not safe at all. And I love zombie horror. And it's because of this element of because like because of it's the not, shitty people. It's not the zombies. It's the people. Yeah. And immediately you're filled with dread. Just because it's unknown. But then they, the scene goes on and you're convinced, oh, he's actually nice. Like, he's giving them food. He is talking to them. He knows that they're apparently going to get saved soon. So they get to, like, celebrate a little bit. Yeah. He gives them water. And then they're drugged. Yeah. And they're drugged and then they pass out. Which I thought was really good because they did so such a good job of convincing me that, oh, it actually was fine. Yeah. Because he drinks the water. It's assumed that it's in the water unless he's some sort of like glass. Oh, yeah. You like like lace the glass with it. Yeah, that would make sense. I think so. 
But so anyways, then they get drugged and then the tone immediately shifts again. And it's so believable, but the tonal shifts are so huge and impactful, which I think is really an achievement here. But that's when I go, oh, no, because (laughs) the strong man was all like, it's fine. Just drink and eat. And he like downs his water super quickly and drinks all of it. And he is knocked unconscious. And then Yubin is like left alone, semi comatose, getting like zip strapped and pulled away by this man. Yeah. It and got it was, real uncomfortable and a lot of assumptions. I, I thought something was going to happen. Me too. Very badly. But thank God he just wants to feed her to his oh, zombie wife. Thank God. It's just cannibalism. <laughs> Oof. Which really was a relief for me because I didn't need to deal with that. I feel like they might have done that intentionally, especially with like picking her first to be yeah. dragged into the room. Yeah, it really felt like it. It's also like. I guess she he perceives her as weaker. So he's like, oh, my wife can totally take this woman, even though that was the wrong choice because she's the like survivalist one that kicks ass. She t- and that's the other point that I have. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice. <laughs> Which is literally my the first line of it is you've been is so badass. Wow. <laughs> I fucking love her. She was great representation for women in this film. I was such a fan. She has many layers. She's like scared of heights. She was a climber, but she doesn't climb anymore. But she doesn't let that stop her. She keep she kept her climbing gear, so she uses that to her advantage. The way that she's set up her apartment to have this like swinging chair. Oh yeah, that will like it's pierce, like her safe zone. Yeah, will pierce any zombie that comes in. Is so cool. And I also love the fact that she was selfless enough to give her very little water that she had to her plan. Yeah, it's such a good character thing. Yeah. It's like having a pet or something. <laughs> it was so great. I suck at keeping plants alive. Oh, yeah, so. me too. <laughs> <laughs> I admire that. But yeah, I really loved seeing her come to life. And then the only like downside I had was when they finally decide to get together and meet in the parking lot. I keep calling it a parking lot. What would you call it? Because uh, it's much big. It's wider than a parking lot. Yeah, that's like a parking lot. It's um, it was in the middle of a bunch of apartment complexes. Yeah, so. I didn't want to say like parkade because it's not covered. But it, there was a parkade. Coming off of the parking lot. Yeah. I would just say, I'd just say parking lot. All right. Well, anyways, their plan of like, let's meet up down there and then we'll get to the eighth floor was great. But then she's, she takes her badass moment of like belaying herself down from her apartment and she does it before Jun Wu is like ready. So he's, it's not well coordinated. And then they're like dealing with all this chaos and like, I mean, again, it just shows her badassness (laughs) that she uses this climbing tool that I don't even know what it is. It's the same one that the woman in Walking Dead, Telltale's Walking Dead. Yeah, the one that she uses. Yeah. Seems like a good zombie killing weapon, y'all. Apparently. Get one of those. It's a climbing hook. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Get one of those for zombies. But it is kind of going with her like fear of heights is that she knew she would have to do it. And rather than like think about it too long and like scare herself she's just like i'm just gonna do it right now okay Mm -hmm. i did it okay well now i'm down here and i gotta fight and totally be a badass (laughs) yeah and then the other hand of this is that even if they did have like this totally well thought out plan there were so many unknown factors so many infected down there it would go to shit you know well the well made plans of mice and men 
Um, and plans and God laughs. Yep. Yeah. I know. I know literature. That's it. That's my last point. It's pretty good. That's a good point. Those are good points. <laughs> it's time for whispers from beyond. Now, normally, this is where we would read off a review that we've recently gotten. It's a great way for you to support the show for free and for us to thank you for doing that. But, but everyone, everyone, this, this. It's a very sorry, I was doing the intro. <laughs> special whispers from Beyond moment because our brand new patron <gasps> Jeff has a special shout out for his partner, Jenny. Surprise, Jenny. Jeff did this just for you. Kept it a secret. Let us know. I felt very in the inner circle here. I was like, it was hard for us to keep this surprise, even though we have no other way of talking to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But he told us that you've completed some amazing accomplishments this year, including graduating from the graphic design program at Algonquin College. Wow. Nice. Earning a full-time graphic design position with the federal government. That's good money right there. That's I mean, yeah, stable income. Tap that government hood. There's a lot of money in there. <laughs> and I think this is my favorite part. You adopted a tiny seven-toothed orange cat named Freya. <laughs> it's an awesome name for a cat. It's a little kitty. <laughs> oh, my God. These are all such cool things. I don't really know where to start. I just, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations on all those amazing achievements. We're so proud of you. And of course, Jeff is too. Yes. And I do want to say that normally Buddy doesn't like other cats, but we have a feeling that Freya is Buddy approved. Mm Mm-hmm. Historically, Buddy doesn't like other cats, as we've proven with my mom's cats. Yeah. But he would he would look at Freya and be like, that's a good cat right there. But if that cat gets near me, I'm a hiss. But I'll, I'll respect <laughs> them from a distance. Yeah, exactly. Kelly or Kelly. Buddy has one tooth extracted, one of his like big canines on his lower jaw. Mm-hmm. So they could bond over that. Yeah, they're missing tooth. <laughs> Kelly has four teeth missing. That's why I'm oh, not. Yeah, that's true. That's why I'm not wise anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Congratulations, Jenny. And Woo! congratulations, Jeff, for hopefully surprising Jimmy. Yeah, and having an amazing partner. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for my points? I am ready. So do you remember when we watched The Wailing? Yes. And I commented how it's... Bad dad. Yeah. <laughs> Man, these dads are so bad, even though there was no dad in this movie. He was good. He texted his son. He said, you must survive. That's true. Oh, no, I meant Jun Woo. Jun Woo's a bad dad. Ah, I see. Yeah. No, I wanted to point out that in this movie, at one point, Junwoo starts crying because he has that like vision of his parents coming home and he like hugs his mom and yeah. he's drunk. And then he like breaks down and starts crying. And it's like, it's not like movie, like a tear comes down your face and you kind of like shrivel up a little bit. Like it was aggressive, gross, ugly crying. It was visceral. Visceral crying. And they did the same thing in The Wailing. When, like, everything came to head and, like, the dad realized that he couldn't save his daughter. Totally. And I just really appreciate movies showing male emotion like that. That's not just, like, an angry response to something. You gotta fight back against the toxic masculinity standards of filmmaking. Exactly. And, like, it's sad that, like, North America apparently doesn't do this. Like, I can maybe picture one or two movies where... A man can be shown openly gross weeping in front of the camera. 
And it's just, it's really refreshing to see. And it really connects us to, to his plight. Oh yeah. And like, it's completely believable, especially in this situation where he's like isolated from everybody. Uh, he's running out of food. He's so just like done. And he, he has this one moment where he thinks about his family and then realizes that it's not going to happen. And, and then, then we get the phone call. That's so sad. Yeah. Then he like pulls that dumb stunt he saw online to get his uh, his voicemail and thinks his family's dead, which they probably are. And again, like he has a freak out. He does get really angry and start smashing stuff, but he's still like weeping and crawling on the ground and just like everybody's had that moment where they're so angry that they just like start bending their body in like this weird contortionist <laughs> way. And they're like, if anybody saw them, they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? But yeah, it's just really, I just really like it. I and mean, I wish that more movies would let men have emotions that are, you know, good responses to things. Yeah. 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 More representation. Mm-hmm. Having, having feelings and being sad about stuff isn't a sign of weakness. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You hear that? You should you should cry, especially now, and then drink our comfort smoothie to make you feel better. It's so great. I finished I'm, it a while ago. I'm halfway through mine. I've started my using my spoon. It's very dangerous now that I know we have a uh, blender because <laughs> we have a blender and fruit and a lot of alcohol. So yes. Hmm. Oh my. What's your next point? My next point is that um, I really love the balance and the mix of Jun Woo uh, and Yubin's, like, I was going to say classes, like their D&D classes. Mm -hmm. uh, like, Jun Woo is very, like, technical and uh, uses his skills to, like, report his location to social media. He, like, extends the cord to Yubin's apartment using his drone, which he's, like, been using for the entire movie for different things. And when the like horde of zombies starts like attacking uh, Yubin's apartment, he like calls the phone of the people next to her to like distract them and that stuff. That was smart. I don't think I would have thought of that. Oh, me either. And like he's an idiot for sure. But like in the way that my parents will make fun of me because I can't do like a country thing that they're good at. Yeah. Like, I, I'm very technical. Other skills. Exactly. And I also love that they... Later in the movie, because it happens so fast, he has no time to prepare. I said that before. But then after he's like come to terms with what's going on, he realizes that he can go farm. Oh, which yeah. He's used to. Yeah. He goes farming because he loves playing PUBG, a game that's no longer really that re relevant. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then, yeah, like Yubin uses her like natural survival skills to like set up traps, like you said. Uh, she protects herself and like stays in one zone in her apartment rather than spreading out so that she has everything. Uh, she just decimates those zombies in like this amazing act of hook kata. Uh, and she like she's shown like rationing her supplies in a really smart way and stuff. And I just really like that. Like when they then come together, those skills really work well to help them survive. Yeah, and they both, they have this, the trust is so prevalent. Mm -hmm. Even though he's kind of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and my next point is that he's so dang floppy. <laughs> you gotta elaborate. I know what you mean, but... <laughs> so when Junwoo, whenever he does anything like that requires physical exertion, he's just kind of like flopping all over the place. Like when he starts hitting people with golf clubs, he he swings so hard that after it hits, his like momentum pulls him forward and he kind of like stumbles. He's wearing these two backpacks that are just like flopping over all over his face and hitting him and stuff. And he's like constantly just tripping on things. And it's 
It's like my favorite thing. I liked when he got his new jacket from his neighbor's house. He almost does a like popped collar like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's so excited about everything that he gets. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. It's just I just like how dang floppy he is. Nice. And I don't know why. It just brings me joy in this in like this very upsetting movie that every time he goes to do something, he's either like smacking his face or like falling off things or tripping. <laughs> so good. You, I appreciate that. You feel like you've been just watching him and being like, oh, my God, he's so dumb. He's so relatable. Yeah. He's one of us. He is one of he is one of us in that I would have to use all of my technical skills to try to help survive <laughs> during a zombie apocalypse. I'm a girl guide. You can use your survival skills <laughs> and your non-aversion to dirt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Woo. I uh, mean, the two of us, I feel like our skill sets are pretty similar. Uh, I could start a fire. Uh, I can start a fire because we have lots of matches. Kelly started the fire. <laughs> We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. The first thing that I want to tell you is that patrons and listeners who aren't patrons, what are you doing? If we make it to $150 a month, also, I love that now, what are you doing? What are you thing, doing out there? You're, you're walking around not supporting your favorite podcast that you listen to in your head. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm talking here into, the, into your ear holes. But we want to watch movies with you, and we had to set some boundaries, but we would love to do it, and we're going to do it if we read. $150 per month on Patreon and we're gonna watch them on Twitch and we're gonna talk and it's gonna be fun so go on patreon.com slash drink and scream you get really cool rewards today there was a really awesome shout out you could get one of those mm-hmm. and yeah we have merch you get discounts lots of stuff special shout out to Mad Lab Distilling who provided us with the Viking vodka for this drink in addition to all the spirits, I'm not doing the boo anymore because spooky months all gone. No. And the bitters that I basically just use in any drink that I make nowadays. <laughs> the season of drinking and screaming is sponsored by Evil Amy's Terror Shop, who provides us with some amazing goodies to talk about on our episodes. Today, I have run out of items to talk about, but we're waiting for a new shipment. <laughs> but I will let you know that I am hoping, secretly hoping that there are some Christmas ornaments in there because they have spooky Christmas ornaments <gasps> on their site. Uh, which and this I year we can eyeing. actually have a tree. Yes. It's going to be great. So if you want a spooky Christmas, go to evilamysterrorshop.com. They ship globally. And a big thank you to Liz's Horror Candles who have provided us with a whole bunch of their different candles, which I have been burning in my development gamer <laughs> slash recording pod. Uh, I moved all of my equipment out to the fifth wheel and I don't know, hey, people that sweat a lot and in enclosed places, you kind of get a bit stinky, but Liz's horror candles help with that by making it not stink, <laughs> but be spooky. That's right. Ooh, get, spooky. Get rid of your sweat stink and instead infuse it with the rustic smells of horror. We're waiting on the latest shipment of their new scents, which I can tell you are the final girl and the Jersey devil. Uh, go to horrorcandles.com and use the code drinkscream10 for 10% off your first purchase of three or more candles. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream. On Facebook at drink and scream. And you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com. I also want to let you know that I'm starting another podcast. <gasps> Tabletop titties. We're our queer and feminist 
5th edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast available wherever you find your podcast, wherever you're listening to right now. Kelly is going to be guesting on an episode. Pew, pew, pew. And they're also our sound engineer, so they're just involved the whole way. And I'm the DM. Whoa. So check us out. I'm also starting a new podcast. I'm not. I just wanted to be cool as Char. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Hashtag back to the episode. <laughs> All right, it's time for your new segment. All right. I n- Have you thought of an intro? No, I haven't. And I still need to workshop this. So. I was thinking that we could have like helicopter sounds and people could imagine the like floodlight turning left to right. And then we say, bomb watch. That's more like a. Uh, yes, yes, end. We'll we'll workshop it. I oh, like- Kelly, shut me down! Bang, bang. It's fine. What does your mom have? So to rather say than about my mom stuff? just telling me words, she gave me a scroll. So maybe there's something there. I don't know. I'm trying All to right. think of more horror movie tropes. What you said is like, uh, like a prison escape. Is mom watch because she's keeping us in line, not lying to our viewers. But this, we're a horror movie podcast. Yeah. Whatever, it's fine. Just read it. We'll think on it. Anyways, I have this scroll from my mom, handwritten using her printer. <laughs> While you read it, I'm going to continue to eat my smoothie with this a spoon. This one's so much longer than the other one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because you got mad at her for only saying one line. I guess. Don't get mad for people <laughs> incorporating the feedback. I mean, my new feedback will be that this one might be too long, so we'll find a mid-zone. Anyways, if you have any ideas about what I can call this segment or what horror trope we can use, send us an email at uh, drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. And then we'll whispers from beyond it to you. Yeah. Back at you. It'll be real meta. (laughs) Anyways, my mom says in this scrolling letter, I love me some zombies. Well, I love the slow moving brain eating zombies, not the fast moving kind that can contort their bodies in ways that never should be humanly possible and still have the ability to do things they could do before death, like opening doors and climbing buildings. Hashtag alive hits the ground running right from the start and never slows down. It was funny, thrilling, and even though it didn't, I didn't find it scary, it did provide a few jump scares to keep my heart pumping. I just have to hold on to to the scaredy fact that those contorting zombies were just dancers doing what dancers do. And if it wasn't for the creepy ass sound effects, it would just look silly. Hashtag Alive was a really good movie. And if Kelly and Shara say different, they are wrong. And I am right. I give this movie a rating of nine convulsing zombies out of ten. I held back the tenth one because contorting convulsing zombies are just wrong with all caps. (laughs) And that's been... Mom scrolls. Mom watch. I'm I'm going for it. Okay. It's been. It's, we're divided, listeners. You have to tell us: is it mom watch or should we keep workshopping? I'm I'm my I'm sticking to my guns. It's been Chen Zombie with an X because <laughs> my mom's Gen X. <laughs> Bring us to the next dorky segment. All right, it's time to open the wreck. Uh, I'm trying to make the space between Rec and Omicron much uh, bigger as time goes on. Yeah, I like it because then we can fit more sound effects in there. Tap, tap. You can fit a lot of sound effects in there. (laughs) What are you recommending? Uh, My recommendation is the Netflix series To the Lake. It's a Russian zombie (gasps) series that goes pretty hard in the first episode. 
some kid gets covered in like bio slime. It's pretty weird. Uh, we haven't watched any other episode other than the first one, but there are boobs in it. So that's pretty good. Boobs covered in vodka. Boobs covered in vodka. What a waste of either boobs or vodka. I can't decide. <laughs> or it's just great. <laughs> uh, so once again, that's To the Lake on Netflix and it's Russian. My recommendation is Train to Busan, which if you haven't listened to that episode, you gotta do it. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? But it's another Korean zombie horror with great relationship building and the way that they create the zombie movement in that film is also fantastic. And I love that movie. For very different reasons. They're similar, but they're different. You got to watch it. Train to Busan from 2016. It's time for... Scaredy Facts. For those of you just joining us for the first time, or for those of you who like the story like I do, this is the part of our podcast where we invite you into our relationship to snuggle under the covers, on our bed, maybe on the couch, who knows, wherever we watch that movie. And we look up some movie trivia, some IMDb facts, other movie sites to try and relax ourselves from what we just watched on screen. And I did the scaredy facts this time. Some bad news. Oh, no, there was nothing. This movie didn't exist. Well, basically, there was hardly anything. So I had to go very hard on my search. I sweat blood and tears on my scaredy facts reconnaissance mission is Gross. that a, how you say that uh yes i'm gonna go with it your scavenger <laughs> sure we're so getting the, your resources <laughs> so the budget is i don't know but i can tell you that the cumulative worldwide gross is 13 million four hundred and sixteen thousand two hundred and eighty five dollars nice. so far that's pretty good yeah i always wonder how they calculate gross from netflix like is it a percentage of how many people watched with like how their how much they paid for netflix and shit like that uh, Wait, well, let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> so this film premiered on netflix on the 8th of september in 2020 but it was actually released in south korea on june 24th 2020 so this box office number is not including Netflix, as far as I'm concerned. Oh. I think it's just how well the film did. And that's something that was mentioned a lot online was just how successful this was produced during or released during quarantine. And it was incredible numbers that they were receiving. It kind of rejuvenated their film business. It also kind of hit real close to home for quarantine. <laughs> they started, I mean, the production finished shooting in December. So it was bef- it was sort of on the cusp of COVID. Yeah, so we still didn't really know what it was. Yeah. Something about bats, I think. <laughs> so the biggest fact, Kelly, you already know this because spoilers, we had watched this before, not thinking that we would do it for the podcast. So we did look up one scary fact before recording this. But I'll tell all you listeners because you don't know. I and you who plays the uh, the lead in this film, June Wu, he uh, said that he worked hard to make a puffy body by consuming <laughs> salty food. Also, it's the first time for you to appear with the bleached hair in his films. He at first wore a black wig to distinguish himself because he shot as soon as he finished filming Voice of Silence, which also came out in 2020. But when he took off the wig for a brief moment at the set, the production head saw his bleached hair and said, wow, I love that way more than this fake (laughs) wig that you've been wearing this whole time. What the hell? And after the field staff voted on the spot, Junwoo's hairstyle was decided. 
Later, at the request of the audience, you released a photo of him wearing the wig on his Instagram account. Oh, cool. <laughs> I need to go see that. I don't know how to um, go to Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll do that on your own time. But speaking of Instagram, I might as well jump around here in my scaredy facts for the flow. An Instagram account of Junwoo was created to virally promote the film. You can find it at alive underscore Junwoo, which is J-U-N-W-O-O. They started posting on May 17th of this year in character and finished on July 21st with a video message from the actor that I can't understand, but I assume it's him closing off the account. Mm. But it was super cool. Because he got saved. Yeah. He didn't need to, he didn't need the Instagram anymore <laughs> to post about please save me and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to talk about this movie's success. So it premiered on Netflix on the 8th of September and two days after release, it achieved global first place on the platform. Ooh. Hashtag Alive topped the Netflix daily chart in 35 countries, including the United States, France, Spain, Sweden, Russia, Australia, Pakistan and Canada. It became the first Korean film to top Netflix movies worldwide chart. I mean, again, it hits extremely close to home. <laughs> it's like all the people that watched Contagion in the first week of lockdown. You mean us? Yeah. It, like it's it is perfect timing for this movie to have come out. Yeah. And then my last scary fact, I have no car or gun facts. I'm so sorry. There was one gun. But I, uh, yeah. We don't have a professional gun person. I'm sorry. No. But this is still kind of interesting. It's based on a 2019 script called Alone by Matt Naylor, who co-adapted his script with Cho. Alone came out in October of this year and is an American version of basically this film, starring Tyler Posey, who I specifically say in that tone because Kelly and I recently watched a Sugar Rush. Yeah, Sugar Rush that had him in it. And he's the son from Made in Manhattan. I maybe we should watch alone then, I guess. Yeah. So this film actually, speaking about on the nose, was renamed Pandemic. Mm. But I do. Th it hasn't seen much success. Honestly, like the acting has been criticized. So I think we saw the right version. First. I mean, the only time that we've seen this actor is when he was a child in, in Made, Made in Manhattan. Manhattan and an adult in Sugar Rush. Yeah, he seemed really <laughs> nice in Sugar Rush. So it sucks that maybe the acting's not as great. Yeah. So that's it. That's all my scaredy facts. Well, that was better than I found when we first watched this movie. So that is very good job. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have a final thought? I didn't really write one down because I was like, by the time we get here, I'll have thought of something. That's what you do every time. Uh, much like this drink that we made, this movie is quite a good comfort film. Um, it does have a really like sad tone here and there. But overall, there's just like this feeling of uplifting survival from both of the characters that like, I feel like even if you're bummed about being locked down, watching this movie will give you some inspiring feelings. Yeah. And they both, both characters go through like suicidal thoughts mm -hmm. and they overcome it. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. My final thought is that this is just further proof once again that my favorite genre of horror is zombie films and apparently especially Korean zombies because I love this one and Train to Busan. Yeah. Those zombies are real good. Just got to get some dancers to be the zombies and yeah. not do the teaching extras, the 4 a.m. walk. <laughs> I, I was almost if because I couldn't remember if I had done the Reconomicon of Train to Busan before. 
But then I thought, fuck it. But if I was going to recommend something else, it would have been Cargo, which is another great zombie film. Ooh. But I have to hold on my thoughts because I'm definitely going to put it in next season. I also had a another movie I was going to recommend other than To the Lake. Oh. Because I was going for the like locked down survival thing. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be Bird Box. Oh, I love that movie. Well, uh, the book is great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love Well, the movie is good, too. But, oh, man, I read the book first and it was so good. Uh. (laughs) Well, that's been Hashtag Alive, a movie about how you don't need to be smart to survive, just really lucky and made of (laughs) jello. Next week, we'll be watching Friday the 13th, part three from 1982. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah! Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.